0: Greetings friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com That's where you go to find the archives and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are looking to start our week with wisdom and encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're going to be reading Psalm 79 and Psalm 80 today. Along with Proverbs chapter 8 Now both Psalm 79 and 80 are fairly short And they deal with really a plea By the psalmist for relief A plea for mercy We have this deplorable condition That God's people find themselves in Because of sin and iniquity And as a result of that The heathen have been able to come in and kind of get an upper hand on God's people. They're defiling things. And it seems like God has left his people. And the psalmist is going to complain about the miseries of of, of the people and how they went from a former prosperity to present desolation. And so the psalmist is praying for God's mercy. And, him, and, and the, the plea is like, it, it's the heathen that should be receiving your wrath. You know, the ones who are ungodly, the ones who, who reject you. And so that's kind of the conversation we're kind of living in a world today where God's people, once again, have started to, or not started to, where at least from my observation, it feels like there's been a falling away from righteousness, from holiness, from caring about the things of God, and we're no longer retaining God in our knowledge, and as a result, our whole culture's at least here in the Western world, have been given over to a reprobate mind. And so the heathen have come into the sanctuary. And so we've got all this problem, and now the only solution is a miracle from God, a revival from God. And so with that thought in mind, let's have a look at Psalm 79 and Psalm 80 this morning. And see if we can get some wisdom and some encouragement out of the scriptures. And I pray that they would go forth and pierce hearts and cause you to draw closer to Him. All right. Let's begin Psalm 79. And then again, Psalm 80, King James Bible. Verse 1. O God, the heathen are come into Thy inheritance thy holy temple have they defiled they have laid jerusalem on heaps the dead bodies of thy servant they have given to be meat unto the fowls of heaven the flesh of thy saints unto the beast of earth their blood have they shed like water round about jerusalem and there was none to bury them we are become a reproach to our neighbors a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. How long, Lord, will thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Please note uh, it seems to me like this is this first four or five verses here is historical and prophetic. It's historical in that this is probably written around the time that the Babylonians came in and destroyed Jerusalem and took captives. You know, think of the time of, of Daniel or very, very young Daniel. The time, you know, think of when that situation happened, when they took uh, the Jews or the Hebrews away into Babylon in captivity and destroyed the temple and all that. Also prophetic because this is exactly what took place in 70 A.D. Like the descriptions that he's giving. Let's continue on. Verse 6. Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. So you see the psalmist is like... you need to please, Lord, you know, forgive us and, and show us mercy and pour this wrath out on those who don't even know you, who reject you, the heathen. Verse 7, For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling place. Oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercy speedily prevent us. For we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of thy servants which is shed. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die. And render unto our neighbors sevenfold unto their bosom the reproach wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord. So we, thy people, and sheep of thy pasture, will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. You see in the scriptures often where the the writer who's crying out to God will say, do it for your own namesake, right? Because if you if if you just allow us to be fed to the devil, so to speak, the heathen will say, the heathen will laugh. They'll be like, "Where is their god?" Right? Their god doesn't deliver them. So the psalmist is like, "Lord, for your own namesake, do this for your own namesake, for your own reputation's sake, save your people." Psalm 80, verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, Thou that dwellest between the cherubim, shine forth Before Ephraim, before Benjamin and Manasseh, Stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, And we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, How long will thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Thou hast bought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou prepared us room before it, and did cause us to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges, so that all they which pass by do pluck her? You see, the psalmist is saying, "Hey, you—you you took the time to bring us out of Egypt. You know, we were just—we were just like this little tree, this little plant, and then you took us, took it out of Egypt, and you planted it, and it became this big thing, this big vine, and it took deep root and it filled the whole land. And so, why would you now let them chop it down?" Verse 12, Why hast thou broken down her hedges, so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine. This is a prayer we need today in the church, don't we? We need to say, Return. And, and beseech thee, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and visit the vine. And the vineyard which thy right hand planted, and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself, it is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of the right hand, and upon the son of man, whom thou madest the strong for thyself. So will we go back from thee, quicken us, I'm sorry, so will we not go back from thee, quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. You know, one of the biggest problems that I see is... It seems like the number of us who actually see the need to, sp- to pray such things is very low. Now, I think more, peop- more Christians are awake now than they were when I started this 10 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, was, <laughs> I couldn't believe how few people cared about any of the things that I was saying. and now here we are 10 years later and everybody's acting like they came up with the idea like the people around me that I've been telling this stuff to for over a decade long before the podcast finally they're like now they've come to the conclusion on their own but the number is still extremely small most people don't see trying to figure out the words here the world the condition of God's people is not much different than what the psalmist is describing. It's like, you know, the heathen have moved in on us, moved into the sanctuary. Like, like we need you to have mercy on us. We need, we need you to look down from heaven and help us. It seems to me like so many don't even see the need, don't realize the condition that we're in. I just find that astonishing how can you serve God and if you serve God then you ought to have some inclination to what God's word says and not see the desperate condition that we're all in and the uh, the severity of the time that we're living in and just the sense of urgency isn't there i guess the sense of urgency to cry out to god isn't isn't there even though like the raging fire is has surrounded us right and like we're starting to get a little bit of a tan from the heat and the smoke is rolling up and we're all choking on it but people still deny that there's a fire It's astonishing. Anyway, I did not articulate that very well, but hopefully you get the idea. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 8. It's just a continuation of, of wisdom. And it's really, this is more like a praise of wisdom. Like praising wisdom and explaining how important it is to obtain it and to seek it. And of course, we know that wisdom comes from God, right? What you're doing right now, listening to the word of God, is how you obtain wisdom. Real wisdom, godly wisdom, not the world's wisdom. Let's begin. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. Doth not wisdom cry? Understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of high places, by the way, in the place of the paths. She crieth at the gates and at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O you simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Here for I will speak of excellent things and the opening of my lips shall be right things for my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips all the words of my mouth are in righteousness there is nothing forward or perverse in them they are plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge receive my instructions and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. Please note, I like I like it when the Bible gives us definitions. Right, like what is the fear of the Lord? Here we go. The fear of the Lord is this: the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, the evil way and the froward or perverse mouth. Verse 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings and princes decree justice. By the way, it's, the way this is written, it's written as if wisdom is the one writing this. Hopefully you've picked up on that. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches are righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness and in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I might cause those that love me to inherit substance, I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting and from the beginning and ever, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water. Please note this also seems to have a f- prophetic tone or a, a Masonic tone to it. Verse 26 While yet he had not made the earth, nor fields, nor highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. And when he set up a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above. And when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the fountains of the earth. Then was I by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore, hearken unto me, O you children, for blessed are are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. There you are, my friends. There is our wisdom and encouragement to start this week. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed, strengthened, maybe your heart's pierced. Something that's just that I just keep regurgitating, and you're going to hear me regurgitate a lot, I think, over the next few months, is there needs to be a sense of urgency about our attitude towards God. About our attitude towards how we walk. Actions demonstrate what you truly believe. If you have a nonchalant attitude about sin, about your relationship with God, all these, I mean, what does that say about what you actually believe? As opposed to the one who fears God. As opposed to the one who obeys God. There's There's something different about what those two people truly believe in their heart. About God and who God is. Something to be thinking about. I pray you've been blessed. Thank you to those of you who pray for the podcast. Trust me. Prayers are desperately needed. And those of you who support the podcast, the patrons, subscribers, those of you who've been around forever just uh, providing for this ministry and for me and my family, it's far beyond what I deserve. And I'm I'm extremely grateful to all of you. So thank you for, for your support. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Wednesday. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.